Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. Well, hello again, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Lindsay Adams. Our special guest today is Jim Penman. Uh, Jim lives in Melbourne, Australia, and he is the Jim behind the Jim's Franchise Group. Welcome, Jim. Good to be here. Now, I'm our, our listeners don't get a chance to see you, but I can. We all know the photo of Jim. Every, everyone in Australia, I reckon, recognises your face, but you, you've got a beard and a hat on, and I'm looking and there's no beard and no hat. What's going on, mate? No, well, I think I think your listeners are probably better off. I've got a, I've got a face built for radio, actually, or for podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah, well, actually, interesting thing is it's nothing to do with business. When I, when I first grew my beard, that was back in, in, I was about 30, my fiancé at the time liked beard, so I thought, okay, keep her happy. And then um, 22 years ago, I found myself single and my beard was going grey. So I thought, well, I don't want to look any older than I am. I've got to get married, so off it comes. So it's all to do with women, nothing to do with business. There we go. There we go. Now, Jim, you you were saying before we hit record that you've got almost 5,000 franchisees in Australia. That's incredible. Yeah, Australia, New Zealand, and and a few in Canada too. So, yeah, that's not particularly close. Okay, okay. And um, the other thing, Jim, you were sharing a story about – uh, you met someone in Mackay. Share that with our listeners. I think it's a cracker. Well, yeah, it, it's one of the most common questions people ask, is there really a gym? And I got asked the same question myself in an airport in, in Mackay in Queensland. And this person saw my shirt, which has got the logo on it, and said, um, is there, are you from gyms, are you? And I said, yes, I am. She said, is there really a gym? And I said, yes, there is. And she said, have you met him? <laughs> And you said, I've even slept with him. <laughs> no, I didn't. That might come across pretty strange. I just smiled and walked off. I, I don't really need to introduce myself. But you didn't, you ask didn't me, reveal they know me. I, if they ask, if they ask what I do, I, say, I, I tend to run a, a cleaning and gardening business without even saying who I am. There we go. There we go. Well, let's kick off. We're, we're here to talk about the top five tips for running a successful business. We know you've got one. So what's hit us? What's tip number one, Jim? Um, look after your own people first. Um, that, that's our first priority in, in Jim's group. Our first priority is the welfare of our franchisees because the point of it is you want to look after customers. You've got to have great people and you've got to keep them. So everything is designed back. Even customer service is designed to say, how can I keep my people busy with great customer service to keep the work flowing in? So that's, that's absolute number one. I'd also include staff too. I find the kind of attitude that someone like um, Jack Welch had back, you know, last century, when he was so admired, but he was he was a ruthless so and so, and he just he just destroyed people. He had no concern. This whole business about firing ten percent of every group of people just just to keep them firing people. I find that totally disgusting. Great companies look after their people. Number one. I mean, it, Jim. I guess I guess you get a lot of companies paying lip service to that mm. idea. You know, you know, our our people are number one. But then you you know you look at the working conditions and those are down at number twenty seven priority on the budget, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I regularly talk to my staff. I go around and ask them, and all staff, any any staff, just how are you going? Are you looking after you well? Are you being treated well? I'm like going to my conference center, talk to the staff there. You've been looked after well. How how do you feel? Um, and people come to me with their problems and stuff. And then we do things like provide staff lunches and all kinds of stuff. We're putting up a gym on the site, which is partly for the conference center. Which I spent a lot of time thinking about keeping staff happy, and I hate to have good staff leave, but it's a major failure. But the biggest thing for us is obviously as franchisees. We we watch it 
obsessively. Every franchisee in Jim's group has my direct phone number and my direct email address, and they can they can contact me anytime, after hours, weekends, anytime at all. I always return a call if I'm in church or something like that. So, yeah, I keep very close. And I encourage them. I really – I email them regularly. I ring my veterans on, on – last night I was ringing people who'd been – with us for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. And, and I was just talking to them, how are you going and what can I do for you and how are you being looked after? Just keeping in contact all the time, finding out what they want, what they think. That's fantastic, Jim. I mean, it, you know, it, I, I just think and your approach to it, you know, of being totally accessible, mm-hmm. um, you know, with five, almost 5,000 franchisees, you'd kind of, you know, I've seen businesses with a hundred branches where the CEO is n- not accessible through, you know, without five layers of intermediaries. So, so tell us, you know, moving on from from your first priority being the welfare of your your team and your franchisees, what's your second tip for success in business? Okay, be obsessive about customers and be close to customers. It's almost the same sort of thing in a way. I actually look, we, we, do, we do surveys to our, to our customers, and I actually go through on a daily basis, look for every bad survey, look at what happened and what went wrong and what can be done about it. If a customer has a problem, they complain about a job, for example, or some issue that's not being looked after, the staff of the call center know, second time they call, send it straight to Jim and I'll sit in it till it's fixed, whatever is necessary to be done. So you've got to be obsessional. And over the years, what's happened is we have put systems in place, largely through technology to reduce the level of complaints. They are now a tiny fraction of what they were, even in the early franchise days, as we put systems to monitor complaints and send warning letters and customer surveys and ways of dealing with surveys and retraining systems and all this. And as our and our complaint level's gone down and down and down. And something really interesting has happened at the same time. In the early days of gyms, work was hard to find. We had, I had a team of canvassers knocking on doors to find work. You know, our, one of our biggest problems right now, we've got a massive number of unserviced leads, hundreds of thousands of unserviced leads, and it just keeps on rising. It's close to 40% of our leads are currently unserviced. Despite the fact that we tell our franchises all the time, because it's their interest first, keep your prices up. Don't compete on price. Never compete on price. Charge good, at least 60 bucks an hour. So we tell them that all the time. But despite that, the leads just keep on rising. And it's not because we're advertising more. In fact, in our each contract, there's a clause that says we need to spend a certain amount every month on advertising, but usually about 140 bucks. In recent years, we've had to start giving that back. We've given back more than a million dollars to franchisees because we can't spend the money. All of our fencing franchises got, got flown to the uh, Gold Coast, to SeaWorld, to a conference. All expenses paid, paid for by this advertising, which we can't spend because there's <laughs> so much on work, service work. Unreal. It's an amazing situation. So you look after your customers, you're obsessed about your customers, and magically people still keep on ringing you. And more people ring us who've got multiple services. They've tried one, they try another one, they try another one because they get good experience. Jim, can I ask you about those multiple services? I mean, obviously, Jim's mowing was the start of it all. Yep. Um, and, and you know, you see Jim's, you know, something that's not sort of trade-related, say Jim's accounting services, right? Was it a big customer shift for your customers to go, from the guy who they kind of wave at because he's got his hat on outside doing the mowing to someone coming in and going through your bass? Um, well, 
it was in a way, but see, it started off with cleaning in the beginning. We thought of doing cleaning and, and I thought, well, okay, but nobody's going to want to do, get a cleaning service from a guy with a beard and a hat because there's a gardening image, obviously. So I thought, let's try this thing called Sunlight, S-U-N-L-I-T, using the same franchising system, but a different logo more suited to clean. So we developed this thing, signed a couple of franchisees, couldn't find the work, ended up giving their money back. And somebody came to me and said, what about Jim's cleaning? And I said, well, that's not going to work because Jim's is a gardening image. And they said, well, we think it will. I said, no, it won't work. Won't work. Can't possibly work. So they said, we want to give it a try. We'll actually push it ourselves. So I said, all right, okay, you're prepared to do it, but it won't work, but give it a try. And it works. So okay. <laughs> people, people like the logo. It sort of extended from mowing to cleaning and then extended to dog wash and handyman. And then eventually it comes to things like IT and bookkeeping and test and tag and business to business services. And, and it works quite well there too. The only difference is that when you're talking about something like mowing or dog wash or those sorts of thing, fencing, the work is very, very easy to find. When it comes to things like IT, bookkeeping, test and tag, franchises have to be proactive. They have to go out and market themselves. And we have a system called pay for work guarantee, which means we pay them to do it in the early days if they don't reach a certain level of income, usually about $1,500 a week. Okay, so uh, tip number three, what have you got? Uh, I think long-term, absolutely long-term. People are too focused on the short-term money, financial gain. Every good decision I've ever made, it'd be on the basis of thinking, What's the, what's the best interest of the person I'm dealing with? And what's the best interest of the business long-term, which has to do with reputation? You know, the best single decision I ever made in business was to not back a potential buyer. And, and it happened when pre-franchise days when I was really struggling to sell lawn mowing routes, which is what I used to do before I franchised back in 89. And I, I went to see somebody who was in advertising and – it was a guy from my church, actually, and just get advice on finding clients. And for half an hour, he sat me down in his office and said, this is how you do advertising. This is where you run it. This is how you run it. This is the principles. This is this. So he gave me all this knowledge without any, without any holding back. And the end of it, he said, you don't need me. You don't need an advertising agency. Just go and do what I said. And I knew after that interview that I would – if I ever did need an advertising agency, I'd straight back to this guy. And I thought, what well, could this possibly work for selling lawn backgrounds? What if I focus not on my own needs, but that of the person buying? So I thought, I'll give it a try. It sounds crazy, but I'll give it a try. One person rang me not too long afterwards and said to me, I've been asked, because he went to, came to see me. I took this approach. He used to just help them understand the, the, the business, how to, how to buy, how to value a, a lawn mowing round. And this guy came to see me, actually rang me up, and he said, you might like some advice. He said, I've been offered another lawn mowing business in my area, and I want you to advise me which is the best business. And so he was asking me to recommend potentially another person. And I thought, well, I've got to give fair advice. So I said to him, okay, tell me about the business. What's its cut, which is how many customers it's got, what's the value of the business, how long you had it for, as you had it for, how close are the customers, why is he leaving? There's a whole question that so you could know how to assess the value of business. Sure. And then, and then at the end of it, I said to him, you, that's a better business. Go and buy that one. 
And I got asked the same question three times in a row. And each time I told that guy to go and buy the other business. And then something happened that completely flawed me. They all come back and bought from me. And from that time onwards, I became incredibly good at selling businesses because I stopped worrying about I stopped worrying about myself and I thought, what's the interest of the person I'm dealing with? And the same thing when I started franchising. I used to knock back anybody that I thought wouldn't succeed. So if I put them out on the road, they didn't get a good customer service record. I knew they'd be very much less likely to succeed, so I would knock them back. And my rival at the time had 250 franchises when I started. They didn't do that. But I just, I just had, I wasn't going to, I was going to look to the interests of the person I was dealing with. Now, I thought that was a dumb business decision, but it turns out to be an incredibly good decision because what I used to do was get a list of all my franchisees with their phone numbers and give them to any prospect. And they say, why should I buy it from you? You're running it from your basement. These people have got a much bigger business. Why buy it from you? And I said, well, okay, there's some differences, but here, here's a list of my franchisees. I want you to go and ring them. And then I want you to get their list and ring them. Yeah, I knew they wouldn't give them the list. And they'd ring my people and they'd say, what do you think? He said, Jim is great. It's a great system. He looks after you. He protects you. It's a great contract. It's a fair contract. Don't go anywhere else. It's been fantastic. And, and they sold it for me, no? So that's the, that's the long-term thinking. And all the way through, Jim's group always done the same thing, always think long-term. I, I can think of a few franchise groups I'd love to recommend you go and chat to. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some dreadful rip-off merchants out there. One thing I always say to anybody interested in a franchise, they haven't said, do your homework. Yeah. Get hold of a list of the current franchisees and ring as many as possible. If they don't give it to you, they're in breach of the law. If they do, then call them and ask them directly. People would not buy. People would spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a business without doing the most basic research. It just, it, it's incredible. If I mentioned that the, the um, company Retail Food Group, you know what I'm talking about, they are a pack of rogues. They are so-and-so. You know, I'd love to do Jim's legal and, and actually represent some franchisees against these rip-off merchants. <laughs> but uh, and just and, and understanding that before we get to tip number four, I mean, you know, building a franchise, you know, you sometimes, you know, in my, in my thought, you actually get tarred and feathered or, or your reputation gets tarnished by other franchise businesses around you who are not doing the right thing. And, and you, know, you know, you've obviously built something amazing where you've kind of tried to avoid that, that, that being tarred and feathered by everyone else. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. I think they tar and feathered themselves more effectively than I could. I mean, okay. one, of the, one of the best things that happened to my major rival in the early days um, was actually um, six of their franchisees wanted to go independent and they wouldn't let them and they took them to court and they won the court case to stop them going independent and they took the case to the investigators. So there was this ABC program right across the nation blasting this company about all these guys who are desperate to get out. I mean, you, you couldn't. I mean, to a certain extent, the flashback hit on us. But but generally speaking, it really helped us because because we did so well by comparison. Yeah. All right, then give us tip number four, Jim. Technology. That's the big, big power of technology. We invest massively in technology. Um, we're spending something like five million dollars a year on software development and so which is which is a lot for a company our size. In fact, if I went to go back to the beginning, one thing I would do I spent nine months with lawyers, basically. I should have uh, the contract's nothing. You can get a contract drawn. It's easy. I could do it myself these days. But what I should have done is got the technology better, got the cost down, 
And that's that's made all the difference. If you look at the, the way we've reduced complaint levels and improved customer service and improved service to franchisees, it's all to do with technology. Things like surveys. We survey our franchisees every year automatically, and then we do all kinds of things as a result of that. We survey our customers. We look at ways of taking calls more efficiently. We've recently got to a, a system whereby we can recognise customers by their phone numbers. We Technology is, is magic. Technology gives a massive advantage over anybody else. The great thing about our situation is nobody can afford to spend like we do. So we've got, we've got some great technology. And I've got to say, the, um, within a year's time, you'll see some stuff coming out of Jim's group, which you, you, is going to blow everybody's mind. It'll, it'll blow the marketplace. There is some amazing stuff coming up. And at the same time, the biggest mistake even in recent years is that we didn't invest enough. We, we put the wrong people in charge for too long. It's only earlier this year we actually put somebody who's a really good person in terms of technology, but that was a terrible mistake. It's cost us millions, literally. And that's amazing because you wouldn't think the guy with the beard and the hat is so technologically driven and, and, and the business is so technology driven. Yeah, you know, when you break well, we, we measure everything, bro. We really do. We we measure everything that happens. We measure. Look at attrition rate. It's a big, big thing. You know, when we when we first centralized training, the first thing we did was look at what happened to attrition rate. Now, attrition is a very important thing in a franchising network. But just to give you a picture. If you buy an independent lawn mowing cleaning business, that kind of thing, too, based on figures, on you can look it up on the internet. Your, your normal failure rate in the first year is between 90 and 95%, okay? Traditionally with us, it was 17%, which you'd expect to be better because we're a franchise system. We provide a lot of leads and support and everything else, so better. And then we put this new centralised training system in place, very carefully designed to reduce attrition and get people more likely to succeed. The first year we did that, our attrition rate dropped to 10.5%. Wow. And it's stayed around there ever since. So just a huge... It's a little thing like better training. So every every aspect of the course, how can we help people to succeed? And we measure everything all the time. We look at the, the relationship between, like when people leave, okay, we look at their, their star rating. A typical star rating in gym is about 4.8 out of the possible five, 4.7, 4.8. The people who leave in the first year, the actual average star rating is about 4.2. So you look at it, look at the people who report good income and poor income, dramatic differences between based on the levels of customer service. So we use this stuff all the time. And as we improve the levels of service, so the proportion of franchises reporting poor income has dropped over the years. Last year, it's actually this year earlier, we, it was 8%. Now that's not zero and that's terrible. Most franchises, about 52% report good income, the rest satisfactory, 8% poor. That 8% figure is very important to us. How can we get that down to zero? Satisfactory is okay. doesn't have to be good. I don't like poor rating. I don't like my franchises to report poor income. Okay, Jim. So, I mean, that this is an amazing story. We could go on for, you know, the rest of the day having this conversation. But let's hit to tip number five for success in business. Constant, constant innovation. You know what? I talk to people. I think in many ways I look at myself and I say, how on earth can this idiot have ever succeeded? <laughs> there are so many things I'm pathetically bad at. I have very, very poor people skills. I mean, I've been divorced three times. Three women couldn't stand to live with me. That tells you something, doesn't it? <laughs> I, my wife, my wife who, who, who dearly loves me, been married for 21 years, she says I'm, I'm borderline autistic. I'm so ignorant of other people. So I'm also not very good at detail. I'm not a good manager. There are so many reasons why I should fail. 
And yet somehow I have succeeded. And if I looked at one thing, I'm, I'm absolutely obsessive about change. There's not one day of my life, my working life for the past half century, that I haven't looked at my business and said, how can I do it better? How can I improve it? What can I do better? And I mean, I mean, Christmas Day, I mean, Easter, I mean, I mean, every day of the year, I'm always thinking of the same topic. I'm looking at what we've done and say, how can I do better? What mistake did I make? How can I improve? What can I do? And I'm always coming up with ideas. I listen to books all the time, talking books or read books or always looking, what ideas can I get? It's a constant, obsessive innovation. And you always look inwards. The biggest problem I see in business is not people who are stupid or people who are lazy, the people who don't look at themselves, they say something's gone wrong, it's somebody else's fault. Like a franchisee who says, the problem with me, I get lousy leads, customers are difficult, support isn't good. And if they say that, I take it seriously. But there's a certain kind of person that will never be satisfied, even with the best franchisor, the best support, they always blame somebody else. And they're always failing because they never look, the most important place is inside. And the best people, what we call the gold and the silver franchisees, the ones that go on to produce, you know, million-dollar turnover and become franchisors with hundreds of franchises of their own, these are the ones that are always saying, what can I do better? And I learn from them too. I love to talk to these guys and, and women too to find out what are you doing? How are you doing it? How are you successful? How, why are you doing it better than me? What ideas have we got? And I get them all the time, all the time, constant Innovation, obsessive innovation, never, ever, ever satisfied. Nothing's good enough. Everything has to be better. Jim, that's amazing. Uh, one of my jobs on this podcast is to keep us to time, and we're, we're out of time, I'm sorry. Um, should our listeners like to get in touch with you and explore uh, franchising, maybe buying a Jim's franchise or just having a chat, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, www.gyms.net. When you're in that, you actually go into this page called Meet Jim and you can learn about me. And it's got my, I've got my email address in there, so you can email me too. Perfect. I'm very easy to contact. That's how I get new ideas for new divisions. People just contact me and say, I'm interested in this. And sometimes, hmm, looks good. Let's do it. That's fantastic, Jim Penman from Melbourne and the, the, the man behind the uh, hat and the beard on all the Jim's logos. Thank you very much for your time today, Jim. Uh, your contribution has been uh, fantastic. Thank you to my co-host, Lindsay Adams from Brisbane. This is Rail Bricker from Perth signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast.